Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So we're about to launch into two months of really intense electioneering and campaigning and speeches as the two parties beat each other up in the race to the White House. And I'd like to talk to you today about the seven faith fault lines of this 2012 election season, the seven faith fault lines. Uh, I, of course, observe politics, pay a lot of attention to it, but what I really find fascinating is how faith plays out in politics. And aren't we all surprised we're living in a world, given what our professors told us, that that uh, is more faith-oriented, has more faith fault lines perhaps than Uh, maybe not more than ever, but certainly far more than we expected to have. And there are some very decisive faith fault lines for you to keep an eye on in this coming election season. Let me list about seven of them. The first is obviously Mr. Romney's Mormonism. And I want to say that I think that uh, Mr. Romney, if he he does not become more outspoken about his Mormonism, uh, he will have been making a mistake and uh, the, the, the basic principle of politics is that you either define yourself or the other side will define you. Uh, polls show Americans don't know much about Mormonism. Uh, Mormonism has gained acceptance in American society not by having its doctrines aired, but by the power of celebrity, quite frankly, and the effectiveness of many Mormons in leadership roles. And so Mr. Romney must bring that to the fore. He can spin it as a virtue. He can explain the positives of Mormonism. He can, he can even go ahead and air the cult word if he wants to and say, yeah, I know my faith is, a, is often described as a cult, but you know, who in America is blah, blah, blah. He can just take off and, and, and make it a, you know, an American attitude to be tolerant of what he believes and take the whole thing away from the other side. So far, He hasn't been wanting to do it, but it will happen one way or the other. So the first faith fault line is Mitt Romney's Mormonism. The second faith uh, fault line uh, is in the area of Catholicism. Once Mr. Romney appointed Mr. Ryan as his vice presidential nominee, uh, as his running mate, uh, you had created, he created a tension between Mr. Biden, who is a very left-leaning Roman Catholic, and Mr. Ryan, who's a very conservative Roman Catholic. Now, they're just the opposite on social teaching. I think I've said before that uh, Mr. Biden is closer to the Roman Catholic uh, view of social teaching. Uh, Mr. Ryan is not as close um, because of the nature of Roman Catholic social teaching, which maintains that the state can tend poverty and, and do a lot of things that the sort of libertarian-oriented Republican Party does not do or not advocate. But the bottom line is that one in four Americans, think about this, one in four Americans are Roman Catholic. And not only do you have the tensions between conservative Roman Catholicism, uh, championed by Mr. Romney in this case, I'm sorry, Mr. Ryan in this case, and liberal Roman Catholicism, championed by Mr. Biden, but you also have the fact uh, that the man who is called the American Pope, uh, Catholic Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, Uh, is an outspoken critic of the Obama administration and furious uh, that Roman Catholic institutions are being required uh, to distribute birth control and uh, to perform abortions and so on under the um, intended provisions of of the Obama administration. 
uh, healthcare law. So, so there are tremendous tensions that have been mounting for a while. There's been tremendous tension uh, between the Roman Catholic Church and the Obama administration already. Well, now you have Mr. Ryan, who's going to be articulating the opposite view. Hit that, that ticket will become uh, an advocate. It will come outspoken uh, in favor of uh, the traditional view of Roman Catholic uh, teaching uh, on, the, on the issues of gays, on the issues of abortion. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to have uh, uh, Cardinal uh, Dolan, uh, who, is a, who is a really interesting guy. I've been in the room with him. He's about 350 pounds. He's a big beer drinker, a big back slapper. He just, you, if he didn't have his robes on, his vestments on, you would think he was just a, a big old beer guzzling guy at a baseball game, at a Mets game or something. Um, but he is a very smart man, very well educated, and he is lit up about what the U.S. government uh, intends to require of the Roman Catholic Church. So that's going to be a major fault line. By the way, Catholics are a quarter of Americans. Evangelicals are another quarter of Americans. So half of Americans are either identified with the Roman Catholic Church uh, or they are evangelicals, all of which, at least in theory, are in favor of traditional uh, Christian or slash Roman Catholic values. Very, very important to know that. And I think that's going to be, that could, if Mr. Romney does a good job with his Mormonism publicly, the Catholic theme could be an even bigger theme than the Mormon theme in the upcoming election. Uh, The third fault line is certainly going to be one that we know very well, and it's all around Mr. Obama's faith and the fact that he has been the champion of the religious left. He's undergone a bit of religious change while he's been in office. He's still championing the the politics and the public policy approaches of the religious left. And the question I have is, is there a religious left left? Uh, Has it dissolved? Has it become a secular left? A lot of people say that with the influence of the new atheists, uh, with the influence of Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris and many others, uh, that, there, that there isn't really a religious left anymore, that that's kind of gone away. Now there's just a secular left and that Mr. Obama, a Christian though he may be in some form, is nevertheless a part of that secular left political movement. It's going to be interesting to see because it was the religious left that powered his rise last time. Remember he was doing uh, efforts, there were whole programs orchestrated by Joshua Du Bois, uh, modeled on the youth ministries of evangelical churches, Joshua Generation, it was called, and so on. All of this showed how faith-aware Mr. Obama was. Uh, that may have gone away, and we'll see how that plays out in this election. But Mr. Obama's faith and what, what lines that draws are going to be major themes uh, in this coming election. Uh, a fourth theme that's going to be, I think, very large is the whole issue of First Amendment law, First Amendment issues, and how that's played out in the society. What do I mean? Religious liberty. Uh, we, the Obama administration is seen as advocating the widest separation between church and state. It's affected the military. It's affected schools. Uh, it's affected religious symbols in public buildings. It's affected whether even Franklin Graham could be asked to speak at a Pentagon event. Um, And this has become such an issue that you'll notice that the nation's leading pastor, Rick Warren, chose not to have a candidate's forum this year. My guess is he's not a strong advocate of either candidate. Uh, Instead, he's chosen to have a public forum on religious liberty. 
And this is because, of course, he sees, as many do, the trend being against uh, a traditional understanding of the First Amendment and the religious liberty of that kind that it would have brought about. So no, no faith forum by Rick Warren this year. Instead, a religious liberty forum. And why? Uh, because of all of these issues, the Roman Catholic issues on contraception and the Obama health care bill, uh, like I say, the military, the courts, the way the courts are ruling, the kind of judges Mr. Obama uh, is appointing, all of this comes down on the First Amendment, and there are going to be major discussions about this, particularly since Mr. Romney and Mr. Ryan are traditionalists when it comes to the understanding of the First Amendment. A fifth issue is going to be Israel, uh, with, with Iran threatening Israel and many thinking that some kind of a bombing or at least some kind of a conflict between the two nations is, uh, is imminent. Um, Israel is going to be a major issue. Uh, many, uh, many people perceive not only the Roman Catholic Church, but Mormonism to be uh, unfriendly to Israel, at least at times in its history. Uh, and so the Jewish state, support for the Jewish state, um, how much uh, Americans ought to support the Jewish state, uh, whether the Obama administration has been backing us off from support of the religious uh, uh, state, state of Israel, all of that's going to be very, very important. And it's absolutely no accident that on his first international trip as a candidate, uh, Mr. Romney made a trip to the, uh, to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. He was trying to identify with that theme. Very, very important. Uh, six, I think this is going to be a much bigger issue than most people think. The whole question of the evangelical stay-at-home factor. Remember that evangelicals, number one quarter of Americans, and some say it's more. I think actually the number is more like 32, 33%, but let's stay with a quarter. And mo many of those evangelicals, as polled now, as much as 40%, say they won't vote for Mr. Ro uh, Mr. Obama and they can't vote for Mr. Romney. They won't for Mr. Obama because he's pro-abortion and pro-gay marriage and things of that nature. And they can't uh, for Mr. Uh, they won't for Mr. Romney as well because he's a Mormon, a member of a quote-unquote cult in many of their minds. And so you are going to have, I think on both sides, Republican and Democrat, you are going to have a stay-at-home factor. And that's going to be a very, very important. Uh, it's going to be a, an, uh, have an effect on this election. This election is likely to be won by a very, very narrow margin, 1% or 2% max. And it won't take many stay-at-homes uh, from, a, from a segment as large as Roman Catholics or as large as the evangelicals to dramatically affect this election. And then finally, one of the things that I'm actually glad to see as a faith trend in this election, uh, particularly in the press, is that we are beginning to hear debate about actual the actual interpretation of Scripture. Uh, I like seeing that. I like that even a mean old cuss like Bill Maher uh, goes to the Bible to see if there's support for what some of the people on the right claim from a religious perspective. I like the fact that I turn on Rachel Maddow or Sean Hannity, and there are actual discussions happening about texts, about what the Old Testament teaches, about what the New Testament teaches, about what is uh, the counsel of the Bible. Is there a consensus about religious ethics? Uh, does, the, does the Bible, in fact, uh, decry uh, homosexuality, etc., etc., etc.? Can't tell you how many of these actual biblical debates I'm hearing and watching on television, and I think that's an unbelievably positive trend. So watch for those fault lines. Watch for Scripture to be whipped out at some level in an actual, hopefully substantive debate about how the Bible is to be applied. So watch these fault lines. I believe in this election, how religion is handled by both sides is going to determine who wins in 2012.
Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.